everybody, and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie, damned punk Jacob, joined by my co-host and super veteran, Justin, the king of hell. Hello. Today, we are once again discussing Wano Act 3. Today, we're getting to those juicy, juicy fights. Fights, I don't know exactly what chapter we are starting on, but we're ending, I think, around 1043. Is it your estimate? Yeah. It, listen, if you know when the rooftop, if when roof piece officially starts, yeah, that this, exact number. It's, it's roof piece. Yeah, because literally the first thing is going to be Red Rock, right? The Red Rock surprise, that end of the, the end of the chapter we're talking about that leads to roof piece officially starting. The end of, I know the anime episode. I know 1015. <laughs> 1015, <laughs> the anime episode. That's well, when that, I think Rupee started on 1000, right? Literally. Uh, I, I guess me personally, I had a different view. I, I, I always considered the start as when Luffy lands the first punch on Kaido, and Kaido is completely surprised. He's like, what the fuck? That hurt. <laughs> Isn't that in that, chapter 1000? Uh, oh, you know what? I, maybe? A thousand, I'm pretty thousand sure the one. Red Rock is chapter 1000. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, maybe. If that's the case, then we're covering about 40-ish chapters. Because, yeah, as Justin said here, we're, co- we're, go- we're going to chapter 1043 for sure. Because 1043 is when people were losing their minds, holding on to their butts, going, what the fuck's going to happen? Because I think 1043, when that chapter came out, we had a week hiatus after that. And everyone's like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> when the big thing happened, or the big tease. Was it 1043? Yeah, 1043. Um, but yeah, so this episode... We're covering the fights. It's about 40 chapters. Normally, this would take, like, maybe 20 minutes. So the original plan was, like, discuss the fights real quick. Bam, 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 bam. Then we jump to the juicy bits, right? The juiciest bits. But Oda, being the being Oda, decides to sprinkle almost every single goddamn fight with important shit that needs to be addressed in some way or another for podcasters like us. Where it's like, here's character development here. There's plot development some lore, here. Some more, some world building. <laughs> Some foreshadowing. Everything. Yeah, foreshadowing for future arcs or even for the same arc we're in right now. And we're like, yeah, we got we gotta talk about this. <laughs> we gotta we gotta cover everything. And plus it'll give us extra leeway and um some fun times to just like just nerd on some really cool shit. Cause Oda did really fucking knocked out of the park with the action in this uh in this arc for sure. Oh yeah. Even even the lower uninteresting bits is like, yeah, there's still some fun stuff. It just wasn't nearly as fun as some of the other stuff, for example. Um I guess Naturally, we can open up. there's a couple fights that get left behind. Yeah, like, there's one in particular where... Yeah, <laughs> what? Hey, hey, hell no. I was gonna say Chopper. <laughs> Chopper didn't even get a fight. I mean, he's, he's fought, literally left behind. Chopper. But. Okay, so going back to what I just said, which is like, yeah, there's a couple of fights where we're like, eh, there's a couple of fights on the lower tier end. But that's how there's I a couple about Frankie, honestly. It's kind of... You know, and then for there. me personally, I'm like, that's the most fun fight. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but for personal reasons, right? That's Not cool. from Yeah. Yeah, like for, for the sake of our discussion, it's going to be one of the shorter portions, but I'm going to be the one going like, oh man, it scratched my itch so good. But I'm also All, just it like, was, yeah, it was definitely cool. I mean, like, it's really cool. It's great art. It's Frankie. I love Frankie. Uh, yeah, you know, fuck it. We're starting on Frankie versus Sasaki because we're talking about the Frankie <laughs> Apparently. fight. Yeah, so yeah, we're gonna cover each of the fights. Um, so Frankie versus Sasaki. Um, this is basically my childhood dream come to life. We have a cyborg piloting a mech, fighting a bioengineered or magically powered dinosaur, and he's suplexing him. He's using a high frequency blade from Metal Gear. I think a Sasaki is not Frankie is. 
but he's suplexing the dinosaur. The final move involves him fucking Titanfall ejecting out of the mech as he fires a radical beam into his weak spot. And I'm just going, that's so fucking great, dude. <laughs> now, is it important to the plot? No. But did I fucking love it? Absolutely. I didn't um, like it as much as I liked Frankie versus Senior Pink. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. Senior Pink had the more emotional bit. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about this is purely from like just a little kid. Watch playing with his toys, right? I'm bashing my <laughs> yeah, that's together. what it is. This is literally that, but I'm almost a 30 year old dude just going like, This is th- this is my cocaine, inject it straight into my veins. Oh my god, please. Um, yeah, th- so this was, in my opinion, like the most fun fight, but it's also like, yeah, like Justin said, it's, it's pretty forgettable in terms of like all the other fights and the impacts they have, but especially compared to the last one where it's like you had. The surprise that was Senior Pink of how in depth and like emotional that ended up being, <laughs> and that also ended up on the like suplex. A super hit character, Senior exactly. Pink was. Yeah, and Sasaki was not Senior Pink whatsoever, and I'm just going like, I, I can't blame yeah, him but... for not being as well. It's yeah, just, and Oda you know, didn't even try. Oda didn't even try. He's just like, listen, I'm just giving you a triceratops. It's smart, it's smart move. Honestly. I'm just giving you a triceratops. You can't catch <laughs> that lightning in a bottle twice. Yeah, hey, not listen, so soon. Listen, Oda, it worked for. Think about it. Yeah, but it worked for me. <laughs> so I'm just like, listen, what are you guys complaining about? What are you guys like? Oh, it's not as cool as the other fights? Dude, it's a guy, it's a cyborg in a mecha suplexing a bioengineer triceratops. I don't know what to tell you, man. And then he pulls out the Metal Gear Sword. I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry. It is definitely <laughs> one of those fights that while I'm in the middle of reading it, it reminds me of early One Piece, and you just get a little nostalgic of, like, look where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Giant cyborgs, oh. suplex, and dinosaurs. I thought of another analogy. Basically, when reading th- rereading this part of the manga, Justin just looks like Nami or Robin, and I have the stars in my eyes, like Luffy going, oh, shit, yeah, dude. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, whatever, man. It's not the good, it's not the good stuff. It's, it's fine, but it's not the good stuff. Moving on. Um, I guess we can go back to... Uh, I guess the opening, right? The worst generation versus uh, the Emperor have Alliance. I no recollection of the sequence of time, so we can, you know, do whatever order we want, I think. Okay, so then I guess I'll go with, I guess, my format, I guess? Because, I, again, I have the key points here uh, to help us with the order. So I guess the worst generation, basically the very beginning, right? You have the all the the pirate captains, the rookies, right? You have Luffy, Kid, and Law. Yeah, the, the with roof piece Zorro. Yeah, and the, with the uh, the two Emperors. And you're like, Holy shit, this is a fucking tag team fight, saw one. And I was telling Justin in the pre recording, I'm just like, Arxis Games, you need to make a One Piece game, please. I- I'm looking at this roster lineup of like, here's Kaido and Big Mom, which could be two super character bosses fighting against like five characters, right? Is it five or six? Because the Scabbards at this point are defeated. We briefly mentioned it last episode, but the Scabbards all have like their really cool team attack. It's very emotional, right? When they do like the. Five. five? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they do that the, the the Kazuki Odin dual sword in honor of his memory, right? And then Kaido's just like, you guys are just killing yourselves. Slices off, um, I'm blinking on her name. Samurai Kiku. girl. Kiku, thank you. Slices off her arm. Everyone else is beaten and bruised and down. Um, the anime did a fantastic transition when Luffy saw the scabbards of, like, them, like, meeting him for the first time. And then, like, just the hard transition to them being bloody and on the ground. It reminded me of Invincible. Um... And then that's when, you know, Luffy says the thing, right? After he lands Red Rock, like, I'll be the king of pirates. Everyone applause with the Bart Simpson. Yay. <laughs> he said the um, thing, yeah. He exactly. said the thing. And basically, I guess the note of this is that 
it's the roof piece starts here, but everyone splits off at this point, and then it eventually leads to Luffy and Kaido like duking it out like and what three rounds at some the top. Of the best action I think in the entire series so far. Yeah, this I, roof. I think the anime is like what ten episodes in with roof piece like Ish, this yeah. part, but they're nailing it with the animation world I've seen so far. So I'm just like, listen, if you're gonna pat it out, at least make it look good, and they're making it look good. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be upset too much. You have a really awesome sequence where Luffy's like being thrown back, but then you have Kid and Law catching him and throwing him back into the action, like kind of like Spider Verse. And I'm just like, oh, so great tag teams with people who hate each other. So great. <laughs> um. There was also that great moment where, like, all the rookies, like, use, like, their ult- their level three ultras, right, against Kaido all at once, just to, <laughs> all that for a drop of blood on uh, Kaido. And then eventually, oh, right, and then Kid and Law almost managed to KO or ring out Big Mom very early on, but she gets saved at the last minute by her summons. Little moments that is like such that. such a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that real quick. They actually team up and they don't, they know they can't overpower her. So they do the fight, the, the soul caliber logic where it's like, I can't beat you. So I'll grapple you at the edge of the map and get a ring out. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things that like, it really sucks that this plan can't work, you know, nah, big mom. <laughs> because yeah, because it just can't, mm. but it's awesome to see it. And it's a great plan. Yeah, it's utilizing the strengths and weaknesses in-universe and goes, okay, we can't overpower her physically, but we can throw her in the fucking ocean, and then she'll hopefully drown. It didn't work the first time when she had the natural shipwreck, or, wait, I forgot, how they shipwrecked the first time? She was attacked, right, by a king? Or queen? Uh, someone on the waterfall? Well, I think it was yeah, king, Yeah, it was king, it? it was. Yeah, yeah. It didn't work that first time, but it almost did. But either way, like, you have those little moments like that where it's like, yeah, people, people uh, the characters utilizing their strengths and weaknesses, their intelligence, and it almost works out. You get that dynamic where uh, Zeus reconnects with Big Mom, but then there's that conflict that happens because Zeus couldn't save her in time, but her other summons did. And that causes her to, the setup, right, for her to be displeased with Zeus and create a new, I, I say summons, they're not really called summons, right? I think they're called homies. She calls them the homies, right? Yeah, the homies. Yeah, I call them the summons. I'm thinking. Uh, homies is logic. such a great name. I'll never forget. It, it, that. it is, though. It is. It is. I'm thinking RPG logic, but yeah, homies is a better name. <laughs> She's out here with the homies. Um, but yeah, so that splits off. It's a great start to all these other fights. Um, I guess we can get this one out of the way because, in one sense, from one perspective, it's the most important fight, but it's also probably the least entertaining, which is Chopper versus COVID. Um, I forget what Queen calls it. I think it's like Ice Oni. Ice Omi? I forget what he yeah, calls yeah. it. Yeah, like yeah. Like Ice um, Demon Virus. It kind of goes back to what we said with Punk Hazard, where it's like, there's just some things that are really, really hard to build tension for. And that is, for example, building a vaccine to an ongoing virus, killing the jobbers of the people fighting, including Chopper at this one, because he gets infected too. But yeah, and he's a straw hat. Infected. Some of the yeah. Yakuza bosses, but yeah, and we're like, oh, they're they're main characters. They're not going to die. Maybe some of this. Maybe maybe the Yakuza guy might die, but it doesn't happen. No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't happen. I will say the panel where Chopper does get the cure. He looks incredibly cute. That did stick out. Um, <laughs> there was also give him the whatever win he he can take. I guess right. Hell hell yeah! I gotta give him something. Listen, like Frankie has the just the mindless, senseless violence fight. I'm gonna give him that. Chopper has the cutest panel, okay, where he just finds the cure. Okay, I'm gonna give him the little award, right? Not the not, not the not the not the crappy like cut out bronze star. You try like no, you get a gold star. What's the award for? Eh, you look cute. <laughs> um, there is a moment though where he 
does clock Queen in the face in Hulk form that does build up hype, but unfortunately it doesn't go anywhere because Queen ends up fighting Sanji later on. So it's like one of those like like pass off moments, kind of like an Eni's lobby, right? Where yeah. Nami kind of gets um passed off until eventually she gets to the bubble lady. But until then, she gets passed off a couple of villains. Chopper does that, but he never gets an actual villain to a fight. Yeah, but it's like a like hot potato with nowhere to land. The game continues yeah. forever. Which sucks, because I really thought that, oh, so this means after he develops the vaccine, and because he has the minks with him to help move him around, because at this point, I think he's uh, exhausted, right? Where he's tiny, right? He's kind of like a... Kind of like what happened with Luffy, right? With Gear 3, where he gets yeah, really he tiny, Yeah, he has drawback after yeah. the monster point. After he gets healed, yeah. But I thought, so the minks were going to transport him around. I thought he was going to be like a super medic throughout the entire arc. And he is for one character. And that's it. For Zoro. And I'm just thinking like, why not for everyone else? What about the scabbards? Why not like have him like do like some crazy ass treatments on the fly? Have like a little montage. I'm pretty sure the anime will do something like that, right? To help fill in time. But in the manga, it really does seem like Chopper, unfortunately, does get sidelined pretty damn hard after he gets the, uh, the Virophage developed. Um... Yeah, so, also a reminder that in this arc for the fight sequences that of all the crew members, it makes sense, Chopper does have the lowest mental fortitude, because there's a lot of moments where they go like, oh, Luffy lost, and then Chopper's immediately the first one to go, what? We lost? Oh my god! And everyone else is like, keep <laughs> it together, man, keep it together. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense, but I'm also just like, I think it's time we got a moment for Chopper, Oda. Like, it's, it's been a little while for Chopper having a, a, a fantastic while. moment. A when was the last one? Mile, e- if you will. When was the last one? Eni's lobby, where he like the first last turns awesome to the Hulk form. Thing. Yeah, probably the, the original Monster Point moment. Was yeah, and it wasn't even. Yeah, and it wasn't even a character moment. It was a. It was a Shonen power up moment. It was hype as fuck. Don't get me wrong, but it hasn't really developed into anything worthwhile since then. Because, but also, it was hype because of the implications as well. Which I mean, uh, it, it yeah, did kind it, of pan out. Not, a not little quite bit as cool it, as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I was hoping for like some development of like Chopper trying to find that moral balance of okay, either I can sacrifice my morality and intelligence to gain this incredible Hulk strength and power to hopefully save my friends, but ultimately I might harm them in the process, and that can be like Chopper's mental dilemma in all these fights. But then the time skip happens, and it's like, no, I can control it. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, thumbs up. But yeah, ultimately at the end of the day, Chopper versus COVID to me is probably the least entertaining fight. It's important on paper, but it's just, it's not entertaining. It's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> man, I, it's like if Oda like watched all the movies we did too, and he's like, man, the movies really liked Chopper a lot. I should give less screen time to Chopper and I mean, and to balance it out. And we're like, no, God damn it, That's not what it means. <laughs> yeah, Chopper really needs to take a dub. Like he canon. really does. He really, really does. But at this point, because we got so many people in the Straw Hats, it's like, when can you fit a moment for Chopper at this point? I'm just like, listen, when we see Vegapunk, right, hopefully that could be the counter to Chopper, right? Someone who's like a scientist slash doctor. Yeah. Or or Frankie, exactly. If anything, Oda might go with both of them. Uh, We'll see when it eventually turns out. (laughs) Which, by the way, we're completely caught up. Not podcast-wise, but me and Justin were both caught up in the reading. Chapters have resumed. Still no Vegapunk, by the way. We still have no fucking idea what this guy looks like or what his main main shtick is. That's still the big mystery. Um, hopefully soon. Uh, I guess before we return to the Straw Hats, real quick, um, Big Mom versus Law and Kid overall. Like we kind of started off, but we can finish wrap it up here. Um, we kind of see a more extension to her powers a little bit more. Like we got obviously a big glimpse at Whole Cake Island, but here it's like she can sacrifice that stored soul power, that life 
force, right, to help her live longer, she can literally shave off years of her life to heal insanely faster. That that was like a, a crazy like power introduction that actually kind of makes sense, right? Where it's like you heal so yeah. fast that it shaves off your life, and it's like, no, that's actually kind of consistent in universe. We had moments where like where Zoro and Luffy are both healing faster with their own means and methods, and they both say in universe, yeah, this is probably gonna fuck up your lifespan a little bit. We don't know how that's gonna stick around, right? Because they just tell us that, but we don't know for certain. We've but, been hearing that for a long time in regards to Luffy, especially. Yeah, when he recovered from the poison and impel down. But in Big Mom's case, it's like, no, she's literally shaving off life because she can take life with her power. Remember, it's a, it's a soul, it's life Yeah, force. that uh, that section, so, like when she's walking down the hall and just creating all those homies, that really puts yeah, into perspective, well, like her taking, ability. Taking everything, like she's literally like a walking miasma. and it, Just it creating really an army as she struts down the, the passageway. Yep. Exactly. Um, we also see uh, the abandonment of Zeus, right? Zeus, if for those who don't know, because I'm bad with names, I, I feel for you. Zeus is the cloud, right? That Nami went supervillain on and captured at Whole Cake Island. And at this point, Big Mom has it completely abandoned because he didn't properly rescue her when she almost got ringed out by Kid in Law earlier and created uh, Hera. a new homie. Hera? Hera, yeah. Hera? Oh, yeah, the uh, Greek, another Greek goddess name. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Zeus and then Hera. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, am I mixing up names? I'm mixing up names. Never mind. I'm sorry. No, it is Hera. It's Zeus was the cloud, then Hera's the replacement. No, I'm thinking of actual Greek mythology. I was thinking of the, the main wife, because Zeus had many wives, but I'm thinking of, I was thinking of Athena. Uh, different names. Sorry. But yeah, Hera, uh, is, gotcha. Hera is a Greek name, regardless. Sorry. Tangent. Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> um... There's, uh, the constant thing that I did like about this fight was how Kid and Law are kind of like Sanji and Zoro. They're kind of always buttoned for the spotlight. They're, they're rivals, but not really like in the I hate you kind of thing, but more like the Sundere kind of way, where like, don't tell me what to do, but then they do the plan anyway, because it is a good idea. But they yeah. keep doing it over and over. It does get a little old sometimes. But it still works out in the end. Like, it, it was on the brink of it being a little too much. Of like, okay, kid, we get it. You don't, you don't like being told what to do. We get it. It was on the brink of me acting like that. Um, but yeah, I did appreciate that, uh, um, that chemistry between the two. But, oh, there was also the insane fucking panel. Have you ever played Asura's Wrath, that Xbox 360 game? I have not. Have you heard of it, though? Yeah. Yeah, a horrible release plan where it's like, oh, buy all five parts for a game where it's like $20 a piece. It was a horrible marketing strategy. Regardless, there's a boss in that game that you fight, in quotes, fight. It was more like a cinematic game where he extends their sword to be like insanely long. So he pierces the entire planet. You can see the blade coming out the other end of the planet. Law has that moment where he's fighting Big Mom and pierces her with the sword, but the sword just keeps going on and on into the ocean below. <laughs> so I'm just like, is her his wrath reference? I wasn't sure about that. And then it shocks her with that power of his. And I'm just thinking like, if it's like just Rosa, she'll have some bullshit power to keep her organs in place or some shit. But then we remember, oh, right, she's an emperor. She could probably just tank it. <laughs> that's, that's the reason for that. It's not because it was weak, strong enough. It was just that, well, she could just tank it. She's just that strong. Um, there's something else that was a, oh, there was a nice, uh, callback to Corazon when he uses, he loses the silence portion uh, of the power. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. To prevent the, the homies from hearing her commands, right? The police for help when they try to get her to ring out again. But 
while it was able to get her in the silence bubble, we get that brief flash of Corazon, and I'm just like, oh, that hurt. Because you could tell that fucker probably does not want to use that power because that reminder of that part of his life. And I'm just like, right. yeah, but he had to do it. He had to do it just before uh, Kid has his, <laughs> he has his, his level three ultimate, which is, I swear to God, it was, is just the BFG from Doom, but he, it's called the Dand Punk. It's a, it's a good fucking name. I'll admit, it's a good name. It's a good name. I still called it the BFG in my head, but Dand Punk, it's a, it's a good name. Good name. And they finished the blow, and that was actually one of the bigger surprises for me, because I, because I thought Big Mom was going to be uh, defeated by maybe, like, way before, you know, while I was reading on. I was thinking it was going to be, like, Sanji and Zoro, like, two straw hats, right? I wasn't going to think, think that Oda was going to have two non-straw hats right. compete against an emperor. Man, that would have been actually, that would have been crazy if, if yeah, the, like, the straw hats alone up. had taken out both Yonko, though. Yeah, and then in my head, I was thinking two straw hats. I wasn't even thinking the whole crew. But yeah, it would have taken the whole <laughs> that'd crew. That'd be insane. For, yeah, that'd yeah, be like, a yeah, very like, large like, feat for them. Yeah, it would have been a Gecko Moria 2.0, but better because it would have been Big Mom. It would have been, you know, a forgettable warlord. It would have been a really fucking interesting emperor character. But it's fine. We still got that. What I did like too, though, at the end, after they uh, ringed out Big Mom, <laughs> they knew that Luffy was still fighting Kaido on, on the roof, and they're just like, Kid and Law, they're just so fucking tired. They're panting the whole time, and you could hear the pants while you're reading, writing the manga pages and the kid's like you got enough for Kaido and Law's just like nah I'm fucking done dude <laughs> I just get in the way and they're just like fucking just resting on like the most uncomfortable debris you can find but it's like they're so tired they don't give a shit um, so overall how do you feel about uh, the big mom fight with Kid and Law I was surprised by it I was pleasantly surprised like I said I expected the straw has to come in and Gecko Moria her but it actually ended up being an entertaining fight. We get called back to Corazon. We get we get you know Kid finally showing off that why he's also one of the super rookies. Um, he's a really entertaining powers too. I don't know where he gets all that scrap from. I'll be honest with that part, but it's still <laughs> it's still fun to see him come up with like crazy like on the fly mecha power ups yeah. and coming up with shit. Um, but I also liked as well was the new dynamic they introduced where Big Mom did know Roger in some way. And then she was just like, uh, she was cursing him as she was falling down going like, why didn't you tell us about the one piece? Why didn't you tell us where to find it? It could have saved us all this trouble. Like, damn you kind of thing before she fell into the, you know, fell into the water. And that was an How interesting tantalizing. dynamic. Yeah. So we're just like, okay. Cause we know that big mom, Kaido, they were part of the rocks pirates as well as Whitebeard. But Whitebeard was on such a good level with Roger that Roger offered to tell him, did you, did you want to know about it? And Whitebeard's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Big Mom over here is like, why didn't you tell us, you son of a bitch? Like, listen, Roger just didn't like you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Shit, you, you, you ain't it. Little, you, you know, you're it. the one. Goddamn. <laughs> um, so that's enough. I would say, if you were to rate the fight out of 10 compared to the other fights in Wano, like, what would you rate it? Of this fight sequence. Maybe like a 7 or an 8? I was going to say it's about a 7. It's cool. 7? It's not. It's yeah. no Luffy v. Kaido. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, it is. No. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely good. Like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting this one I to be I feel like, like Law was really kind of hitting harder. That's how it seems, at least. Uh... I could see that. Like, obviously, because his attacks were, like, internal, right? Yeah, it it's just, just like... Uh, the effect of kids attacks don't hit as much 
I could see that. I guess for me, because I have like a like a machine mecha bias, I just thought like that's a big fucking gun that you can get in Doom, so it's cool. But visually on the manga, I could definitely see what you mean, where a laser beam doesn't look as strong as a sword piercing through you and into the planet below and then electrocuting you from the inside. That seems more lethal than a laser blast, at least in Shonen action, right? So I can see that. But either way, I thought it was a pleasantly entertaining fight. Uh, let's jump to Namin Usopp, <laughs> and I have, in parentheses, and Zeus, and parentheses, and Big Mom, versus Ulti in page one. In parentheses, and these pirates. <laughs> so I just have all these <laughs> tag-ins and throws. And have kind an, of also Tama. Versus and Tama, them. yeah. I have an asterisk next to Big Mom. I have all these parentheses <laughs> everywhere. Like, I don't care how organized you try and make this. This was a little all over the place. But it was still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Not compared to yeah, the other fights, Anami but it's still pretty good. A, a, her awesome moment. Yes, I, I had to hold this back last episode. I had to hold this back. Because you know me, I am a very, very calm, collected fellow about my favorite character. And I thought this was a great uh, build-up. Because it was a nice play, right? Because last arc, last act, act two, is a very good nonchalant scene. It's actually one of my favorite scenes in Wano, where it's just Usopp and Nami just chilling and chatting. Uh, like, what they would do if they were captured, and they're just so blunt. They just go, I'm ratting you guys out. I don't give a fuck, okay? I don't want to get hurt. I'm not that strong, okay? I'm not Luffy where I can take 10 bullets and a cannonball and be fine, okay? I get threatened to punch once, I'm ratting you fuckers out. And I'm going to just pretend I'm unconscious and chill right here. Yep. (laughs) I'm just going to do absolutely nothing. And then comes this moment where it absolutely fits the criteria of them getting their asses kicked. Because, yes, Nami and Usopp are physically not as strong as the other members of the Straw Hats. We all know that. Yeah, and they're, they're getting the, the work. They're getting their asses kicked. Like, half the fight, uh, at, the, at the start of the fight, is done off screen. Like, Nami is headbutted off screen, and then Usopp is shown again to be x-rayed, like, back at Arabasta by Ulti. Ulti. <laughs> yeah, because of skull crack. Yep, fucking Mortal Kombat x-rayed. Except this time it wasn't, like, a what, a steel bat opposite direction full force? It was a headbutt. But granted, it was an Emperor's officer headbutt. Hybrid dry, dragon dinosaur thing. So, yeah, it's gonna hurt just as bad, if not worse. But, you know, it's past the time skip. Maybe he's got a more solid head. But what I did like, though, was before that happened, he's like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> he knew it was coming. I'm just like, oh, poor Usopp. Um, but we get that moment where Ulti and Page One, they're, like, fucking pissed, right? They're in the moment. They're you know, bloodlust, they're crazy. And then she picks up Nami, and Nami's pleading, like, you know, please don't hurt me, I'm done, I'm done, please don't hurt me, I yield, I yield. And Ulti is just like, oh, really, you fucking yield? Then tell me, you're annoying-ass captain who says the same shit, that same light, over and over again, the Bart Simpson meme, I'm gonna be king of the pirates, tell me he's not gonna be king of pirates, right? And then <laughs> Usopp's like, remember what we talked about, just lie. That's all you gotta do, just lie. Anything just to abide, like, Five, ten seconds, right? Just anything to delay time. And then looking back at pre-time skip Nami, like, she would absolutely do this, right? She would just lie. She would scheme. She would do anything to put the pressure on someone else away from her. And when she's faced in face-to-face with death, essentially at this point, with a head-butting, crazy, bloodlust, angry officer dinosaur lady, and she Let's goes... Go. Luffy will never stop until he's king of the pirates. And I'm just like, fuck yes! 
followed up by an amazingly funny scene with Usopp going, You idiot! You're supposed to lie one time! (laughs) (laughs) And then she's, like, crying, going, I just can't. It's true, though. (laughs) Yeah, that's a top-tier Nami moment. That is definitely top-tier. It's within all this action, too, right? It's shown how far she's come, where it's like, yeah, she'll still say she's, like, a heartless, you know, thief that cares for money more than her comrade. But ultimately, at the end of the day, her loyalty to the crew and captain, it usurps her own personal desires when the moments matter most. So you get that great reversal of that trope as well. Because usually the trope is the beginning of the movie or story, you have like some like these tough wannabe uh, like gangsters or soldiers or guards, right? They'll go like, oh, I would never spill the beans. I'm a tough guy, right? And then cue the scene where they're about to get interrogated and immediately they just unleash all the secrets, right? That reversal of that trope. Instead, we start off with the reverse, where, like, I'm going to spill the beans right away, and then when it happens, they're like, oh, fuck no, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> so, and it comes from Nami, of all people. So, it, it definitely stuck out as, like, this great moment where, in the middle of my mecha suplexing dinosaurs, I'm, like, looking at this going, like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's it's nice great. that there's just a little bit of time for a character moment like that within Absolutely. all this chaotic action. Absolutely. And then comes in Tama the character that I thought died 10 chapters into this arc, I think most of us did, where she just comes in with, I don't know her name, that the, the, the horse, the giraffe lady, I don't remember. I honestly don't care, to be honest. Um, it's not her name co- is Speed. Yeah. Oh, Speed, okay. God, it's an easier name. I should know that. Um, but yeah, she comes in to, as a reminder. Yeah, Tama has a literal counterpower to the Beast Pirates, where she pulls off a piece of herself, like, you know, the devil fruit power that she has, she feeds it to animals, or in this case, beast pirates, and they have to be loyal to her for, what was the time limit? Three hours? I forget the time limit. I think it's um, a month. A month at the most, or until she just wills it away, I think. I'm not sure. Or it's knocked out. I forget the exact I get, I forget the exact situation, but I just know. I, I think you can assume that if she got knocked out, the effect would probably end, but I think it's a month. At, at yeah. I, I say, I think, because I think she does get knocked out at some point. Oh no, she gets hit, but she doesn't get knocked out. Uh, yeah, because yeah, never, usually was never knocked out. That is true, yeah. Because the rule of thumb is, if a character gets knocked out, any passive powers that your devil fruit has is gone because you're unconscious, right? Uh, Doflamingo, crocodile it happened with those two for Moria. sure. Moria, Moria, yep. Um, so yeah, and then yeah, so Tama joins Smash Brothers. Uh, she joins Nami Nusop as they proceed to run away again because I think the Beast Pirates were able to hold back Ulti and Page One enough. I think I mentioned it in our Act 1 coverage, but Page 1's probably the coolest-looking Beast Pirate. Like, the Spinosaurus hybrid form that he has, where he looks like a crocodile, but with the punk hair on the side. He looks like a crocodile, almost. It, I think he's, like, the coolest-looking hybrid one, besides Kaido. But, yeah, uh, probably. Actually, no, I think I... No, I think aesthetically, just personal things, for reasons, I think Page 1 is the cooler design, hybrid-wise. But, again, that's just personal aesthetic. Um, Wait, what's your favorite Beast Pirate hybrid-looking guy? Which page one probably is the coolest, aside as you said from Kaido, of course. Yeah, um, Black Maria is pretty cool looking too, actually. Although that's personal bias too, but that's because she reminds me of the Dark Souls boss Quilog. because <laughs> she's just <laughs> she's just half person on a spider, and I'm just like that's just Quilog. <laughs> she even has almost the same amount of nudity too, but uh, Maria has the bindings instead of just pure nudity. Anyway, we'll get to her eventually. Um, so Nami and Usopp are on the run. We have this crazy freakout moment. I know we're jumping around sections, but bear with us. Uh, they're jumping around. They're running away from Ulti and Page One. They're keeping up. And then as they round the corner, 
big mom of all characters is just right there and then mommy and Usopp are like we are fucking dead <laughs> uh we can't have any like great character moments here we're fucking dead that's an emperor of the sea right there but we get another unique character moment where it's adding a little layer of complexity to big mom where she remembers her friends and you know in this case it's a child right tama and she goes full big mom mode where she goes Oh my god, how are you, Tama? What are you doing here? It's so dangerous. She goes, like, complete grandma mode. Right? right. Completely shocking everybody. But it's funny because Nami and Usopp are like, wait, so you're on our side, right? And then Big Mom immediately goes back to Emperor. And she goes, Hell fuck you guys. No. I'm, talking to, I'm talking to Tama right now. You shut your fucking mouths right now. Everyone's like, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm not doing My hands are up. <laughs> I ain't doing anything. But Tama actually takes this moment to the advantage. And goes, remember the village that took care of you when you lost your memory? Yeah. You, you see that cool alligator Spinosaurus dude chasing us? Yeah. He fucking burned it down and ruined everything. Big Mom goes fucking furious. One shot, fucking KOs, page one. He is down the entire rest of the arc. One yeah, punch. He's, he's out. <laughs> And usually that's like, I would say one punch really at this late in the game, but it's fucking Big Mom, dude. Clocked, surprise hit, KO, direct hit from Big Mom, full force and anger. I'm not, I'm not going to say any, like any shit talking to page one. Like, no, that's like, no, you're, you're down. You're a KO. It's appropriate. Yeah. If he would have survived that, if anything, I would have been kind of mad. I've been like, really? You're that strong? That's a direct hit. <laughs> um. Because later on, Ulti does take a hit from Big Mom because Big Mom actually has, like, her own level 3, which is, like, all of her homies, like, combined to, like, a Death Star elemental laser beam. Oh, and really it, awesome. Like, yeah, it is really cool. And it sh- it pierces Ulti direct look, like, a direct Yeah, the, the mother, or the mother cannon, if you will. Mazur, yeah, right? it's, it's the much stronger variant of Nami's signature attack, right? The Thunder, uh, what's her attack name? I forget what she goes. Thunder something. Thunder Tempo. Thunder Tempo, thank you. Thunder I was going to say Thunder Bagua, but that's not it. <laughs> Bagua, I think, is uh, Kaido. Kaido and uh, Yamato. Um, but yeah, so that happens. It weakens ulti for Nami and Usopp and uh, Tama. By the way, I'm glossing over, but Usopp is attacking this whole time, too. But at this point, Usopp is support role, right? He, he also was sniping Kibidangos into, like, did we talk about that last week? I think we did. I don't but- think so, actually. I don't think so. Well, we should have, because I think that was my nickname last week, right? The Dongo Sniper. Oh, yeah, that was a nickname, but we didn't well, actually he, talk yeah, about Yeah, he, he also does that, which I will say we briefly talked about this before. Mm-hmm. They make it sound like this is a really big contributing factor, but they don't really show it. Yeah. Or I'll it's... say, I needed a moment, I think, just one moment where, where this came back around in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. To really just, have it set in, because it does kind of just seem that it's irrelevant. Yeah, it's kind of like with the the whole the whole chopper sequence in general, where it's the the presentation was lacking. So yeah, Usopp's like were they role. really going to lose without converting a couple of these gifters? You know, I didn't see that anywhere. I didn't. In this. I didn't see it either. Again, it was probably like for those few fans that were like. The samurai were outnumbered more than three to one. Medieval combat dictates if you're at number three to one, you can't win. Exactly. I understand what they said. <laughs> yeah. Know, I needed to al- see it. But also remember Fishman Island, where the Straw Hats were outnumbered 250,000 to, what, 10? 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so numbers don't mean shit. So again, I, I I get why. I also think that Oda realized he introduced Tama's power, and so realized if I don't do anything with this character whatsoever, there are gonna be fans out there that are gonna be mad, going, "Wait, why didn't Tama just go and force feed her power to like the the knocked out beast pirate so they help their numbers out?" I feel like that was more for that like off the bucket list kind of complaint where it's like he's preemptively mm-hmm. preventing the fans from complaining so he got tama because tama is there so therefore i'm going to utilize this portion so people know i'm aware right but ultimately like you said presentation was incredibly lacking um with tama support uh presentation was lacking with some of usopp's uh support as well not all of it was terrible but again like Ultimately, the major blows were done by Nami against Ulti, or Big Mom against uh, Ulti and Page One, or even Zeus. Usopp wasn't silent as super hard as Chopper. Obviously, like I said, uh, Usopp had great moments with Nami throughout this. Yeah, uh, he didn't get to finish his own fight, but I don't, I don't feel like he got chumped in the way that yeah. Chopper did. Yeah, it's a support role, right? That's that's why it's fine. Um, because usually Chopper's the, is the support role for Usopp. Usually, in some of the fights in the past, like mm-hmm. Arabasta, Fishman They Island, even started so. out together here, so I thought it was going to yeah, be exactly. trending again. Mm-hmm. But in this case, yeah, Usopp's support for Nami. Uh, what's interesting for the uh, the power-up, actually, is we get the, uh, the conclusion to Zeus actually joining Smash, where he's... Uh, <laughs> I keep saying that joke, I'm sorry. Um, Zeus is officially a part of the Straw Hats, in the sense that for those who don't know, Zeus is the, the cloud that uh, Nami possessed back in Whole Cake Island with the basically full kidnapped. Mode. Yeah, it's a appropriate verb. Yeah, it's one of like the like almost one of those out of nowhere scenes, but makes sense where Nami is like, "I'm not giving you a choice. I'm giving you an ultimatum. Either you die or you serve me." <laughs> in this case, Zeus was betrayed by Big Mom because Big Mom thought Zeus betrayed her, and um was gonna force feed Zeus to Hera, and then. Nami fed him like those like electron clouds to give you like you know lightning strikes. Yeah, her weather balls, as she calls yeah, them. Her big black balls, yeah. And um that somehow ha- transfers his spiritual essence into the climatex still, because he was there for long enough. Yeah. Doesn't but make any sense. Absolutely not. What's also strange is it's not one hundred percent Zeus, it's a clone of Zeus. Don't ask why. Go along with it. It's just Oda saying, hey, Nami got another power-up, so now she can do more than just simply thunder, thunder, thunder. And I'm going, yeah, she can control the fucking weather. How about something else other than lightning? God damn it. It's, ah, oh, that's such a th- complaint I had in all these movies and all the action pieces. Like, there's more to weather than to just the weather lightning, than lightning. Man. <laughs> like, like, me and Justin, we live on the West Coast. We know about droughts. We know about <laughs> rainfall. We know about people anywhere could understand. Hey, you know what? Tornadoes, twisters, kind of a big deal. Actually, to the Oda's credit, the, uh, Nami does try to do like a twister attack, but Ulti just powers right through it. To be fair, but um, I'm thinking like sun. Sh- I'm thinking like sunshine. Have like an artificial sun or like just intense heat, so it intensely like it like burns everyone around you. Like, if you're fighting, like, Jack the Drought, for example, fight him with a, a literal drought, because he's a fish man. See if he, how he deals with that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just some heat waves on him, you know? Get, like, some support. Saying, more support yeah. roles. Listen, if Storm from X-Men is very popular, 
because she has crazy uses of her powers, just trans gets just borrow some ideas from the X-Men and put it into the climate tech. It's okay. <laughs> but long story, long rant short, uh, Nami gets a power-up where now her climate attack is essentially sentient. Where if she misses with a lightning bolt, it now has the sentience to actually curve, which is actually really cool. I will admit that. But I'm also worried that Oda might use this as an excuse to be less creative with her scene still and just be like, yeah, lightning, and she controls it. Homing lightning bolt here, yeah, which homing I, lightning bolt there. Yeah. yeah, which is, yeah, like I said, it's cool. But at the same time, I'm just like... I mean, it's a homing lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly, right? Like Even thinking about it, it's like, yeah, dude, imagine Pokemon using Thunder, it never misses, dude. <laughs> even on ground types? It's like, yeah, I get it. But at the same time, like, just be more creative with weather. Come on, man. We, yeah, like, I agree. It would be cool to see some more tactical, and she could do stuff from the side. Maybe, like, use a heat wave to make, like, the ground, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. so aired it makes a hole or something. Anything. You know? I don't know. Yeah, you and then you anything you bring of the sort. Yeah, you have drought at first, so make everything super dry. Maybe, maybe make things so hot that they literally can't keep a good root on the ground because it's so hot that they're jumping around. Yeah, and then, then have some rain come in, make a mudslide, anything. Yeah, exactly. Combine fucking elements. That's why I'm saying Arxis fighting games, they would make uh, Nami like a, a ranged zoner setup fighter. So you're constantly like sh- like p- pulling out shit, right? You're just setting up rain cloud this, rain here, drought here. But you combine all of them together for like a crazy ass combo. The long setup is pays off, right? They're the hardest characters to play usually in fighting games, but they're so satisfying if you can pull that off. And I guess Oda never played those type of fighting game characters, if he ever did, because he <laughs> just goes, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> um, oh, there's a little joke, too, where Zeus is like, I'm not really Zeus, so you can call me another name. And I think Nami goes, what about Fluff? And I think Zeus just goes, Zeus it is! <laughs> so I'm just that was, like... That was a good joke. Hey, listen, dude, you, this motherfucker, I'm going to call you Jigglypuff, okay? That's your new name from now on, all right? <laughs> as far as I want. Um... Oh, Usopp also has a, uh, a, a accidental racist moment <laughs> that I picked up on where he finds like the red scabbards wounded, right? When they reunite with them. And then the samurai are like, leave me be. I have disgraced my people. And then Usopp's like, what is with you samurai and your death wishes? I'm not a fan of this culture of yours. <laughs> I'm just like, Usopp, you can't just say that. <laughs> right. Uh, but I totally understood it, right? Um, he's not wrong though he's not wrong but also it's like you can't just say that <laughs> they're on death star <laughs> um but yeah so that's essentially the nami and usopp fight great character moment by nami unfortunately though the shonen power wise is like eh, it's a little worrying let's hope that zeus actually brings in more dynamic to her fights rather than like a cheap new old level three ultimate that's her always her go-to so let's we'll, we'll see we'll see as we go on um, let's see. We got Alright, what do you think? Robin or Jinbei? Who's next? Jinbei? Man, Jinbei's was was pretty disappointing as well, I'm not gonna lie. It's a little disappointing. I just but for it's his solid. first fight, you know, this is how you're gonna do, my boy. Yeah, there's there's something I did notice about the fight which made it entertaining for me personally, but it wasn't as entertaining as Frankie's for me personally, because it didn't scratch that nostalgia bone for me. And ultimately, it's very reactionary. What I saw, again, we're using fighting game analogies here. He is like a grappler slash like defensive character. 
he waits for you to do a big move and then waits for you to miss and then he'll counter you on your unsafe, right? Where a move that has too many recovery frames and then he'll hit you with like a big charge up shot and punish you for it. But there's no combos. He hits you with like one or two attacks and that's it, right? Or maybe a grapple. That's basically gym yeah. based fighting style. And it's pretty entertaining. But at the same time, I just like, feel that his just, moments outside of the fight are way more impactful and overshadow the fight. Yeah, exactly. Which, the whole that's not necessarily a bad thing. But as you pointed out, it's Jim Bay's first real one-on-one fight as a straw hat. You you want something a bit more than just like plot relevancy because who who's racist and wants to like just put Jim Bay on the spotlight? <laughs> that guy yeah. is such a character. Like just yeah, out he, of nowhere, like this man really walks up and he's like, "Hey, so you're you're all about like slavery, right? Yeah, like, you, you you and your, you and your guys. That's your thing. You're smelly fishmen, right? I'm just like oh. <laughs> basically, dude. <laughs> like, goddamn. Like, I know Jimbe. I know we had a whole fishman out about this, but like the first guy he fights is like a full on racist. All right, shit. <laughs> um, it's kind of. Like, <laughs> it reminds me of the meme I just found out about uh, a couple weeks ago about racist Zoro. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, so these are the enemies Jinbei's going to fight. So Zoro is going to be the racist in his fights, and Jinbei's going to fight racists. <laughs> so yeah, like, eventually... Is that, is that going to be Jinbei's thing? Like, he's going to be fighting people that are racist against fishmen? I hope literally not, because it's going to get real old real quick if that's going to be the ongoing It, it would routine. already be old. Yeah. Honestly. At the very least, uh, the more interesting bit was who, who's, um, <laughs> who, who's, uh, who's who um, his personal grievance with Luffy. And we go, oh, really? What's the grievance? And we find out this this big, unexpected, like, out of left field banger of a plot point, of a plot drop. Crazy. crazy. He was the CP9, not zero, nine agent in charge of defending the transfer of the gum gum fruit to, I guess, a, a, a marine base. To or somewhere a, for all we know, it was going to be at uh, Mary Joa, for all we know, right? right? But Shanks intercepts it, right? Because we know Shanks and the Redhead Pirates get the fruit, and he lets them, right? He implies that, like, yeah, I turned traitor and I let them, or I don't know if, it, I don't know if he implied it, but the way it was worded made it seem like he gave up, at least in some way, because he gets punished for it. He gets yeah. thrown into prison, and the whole point of that story part, though, was and in that prison where he eventually is into, like, the whole slavery thing, of like, oh, Jimmy, you know about slavery, right? Is, I hear the prisoners and former slaves and other slaves at the prison, and they talk about this sun god Nika, giving them all this hope and all this joy that the drums of liberation will be upon them, and it's like, huh, I wonder what this is foreshadowing, because that figure <laughs> looks kind of like Luffy when he was dancing at the very, very unimportant arc Skypia. That everyone agrees you should skip. Um, by the way, that's a fucking sarcasm. Don't skip Skypia for fuck's sake. And yeah, and it's like this whole thing of like foreshadowing. I'm just like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be relevant anytime soon. Even at the time before we knew for a fact, I felt like this was a very strange lore bit to drop. It has to be relevant somehow immediately. And people were very quick is, to point out. It was a little clunky. Let's be honest. Oh, a little clunky, right? But the big thing was the name drop, right? The sun god Nika. Was that the first time Nika was mentioned? Yeah. Do you know? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone was saying, oh, that's Joy Boy. Or maybe associated with Joy Boy. Not the first mention, like, of sun, a sun god, but first name mentioned. Oh, name, Nika. yeah. The sun god Nika. So people were like, 
thinking like, oh, is Nika and Joy Boy the same thing? Is Nika like the predecessor? Is it like the god that Joy Boy worships? Like all these rumors, right? All these theories were coming around. Um, and that was just because of who's who being racist towards Jinbei, <laughs> trying to like get into his head. And then Jinbei just clocks him straight in the face, which I will say that panel is great where he just punches Honestly, him I think directly that's in the why. face. In a, in a roundabout way, this fight is kind of lame because I think he was—he's just supposed to be fighting Luffy. Luffy yeah. should have probably just fought him on his way up to Kaido, up to the roof. Yeah, and then instead we get this guy. But taking instead, out his it's like yeah, Jinbei. so he'll be mad at Luffy and have all these connections to Luffy, and he'll also be racist so that Jinbei can fight him. Yeah, and then everyone feels <laughs> you know, good. Like that's yeah, and then everyone feels. feels good reading it because they're just like, yeah, fuck the racist. And it's like, yeah, it feels good, but I'm also just wishing. That Jinbei had like a proper sh battle shonen fight, and again, I personally did like it. I didn't love it though. I liked it. It's like a it's like a five, right? A strong five. Where I'm just like, I like the cross counter. I see his fight style. It's cool, but I guess I'm just gonna wait until a movie red, and hopefully Jinbei gets a proper fight in that movie, right? That's just gonna be my hope. Or maybe the anime will make this fight super fucking awesome. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? The anime is on a fucking roll right now, so I'm like, hey, maybe they'll make the chopper sequence much cooler. Maybe. I don't know if they did or not. Um, no, they didn't. <laughs> I don't know where the anime is exactly it right now. just finished the anime. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, but maybe the Jinbei part will be better. Um, I think we'll go to Robin and Brooke now. Because I'm, tr I'm trying to escalate from least important to more important, I guess. So Robin this and one, Brooke. It, this one was fast anyway, so it's kind of a... It's almost just a pass-by, honestly. Uh, also me. very... It was also fascinating for me because it was the first ever... I guess I guess we'll put an asterisk next to, next to this. The first ever one-on-one -on -one Robin gets with a, a a really powerful villain because i was thinking the yeah. first time i was thinking of bloodborne the hedgehog back from dress rosa but you pointed out in that episode i remember that robin didn't defeat the guy uh he ended up being defeated by uh bartolomeo and um rose dude right uh, i forget his name kevin, <laughs> kevin oh kevin dish yeah, yeah 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 um so then robin rejoined rebecca but yeah, this one, Robin actually has a one-on-one, -on -one, and I put an asterisk because Brooke is here too, but like Usopp to Nami, he is a port role, and not exactly directly to Black Maria, but actually to fight uh, her servants, right? Her helpers, so he keeps them back. He occasionally uh, assists, right? When Black Maria tries to, uh, like, dose the arena in flames, she'll try and put out the flames with his eyes. Wait, also, I didn't, like, reread this all the way. I, I was kind of skimming it, but didn't Robin kind of clap uh black maria while not even actually oh, being there yeah yeah sorry i'm trying i wanted to not mention that until the sanji moment the sanji she's like not even there <laughs> right she's like wins this fight without even going there uh okay so the introduction of this fight is sanji is captured by black maria and the helpers uh he has a great character moment as well we'll get to that and robin hears him uh hears him and then before Black Maria can land like a killing blow or like a decisive blow on Sanji, uh, Robin like bitch slaps Black Maria with like her her one of like not like just a regular bitch slap but like a, a like a face palm right like a like a palm attack. Yeah, it's the like face. it's a it's a gigant bitch slap if you will. Yeah, gigante slap. Um, and it's actually like a really cool intro. And then Brooke shows up as well. Like I said, he's the assist role. Uh, Sanji hightails it out. Robin thanks him for uh, calling for for help. And Sanji, Sanji's out of there. Again, we'll get we'll get more into detail during Sanji's portion. I, I want to focus mostly on Robin and Brooke for now. But the main 
portion of this fight is mainly um, how Black Maria always seems to have the edge over Robin and Brooke because she has poisons, she has hallucinations to go against them. She's a controller, right? And there's actually a very, very depressing moment, but it's appropriate for Brooke and Robin, where they start seeing illusions of their lost ones, right? Robin sees her mother, she sees the professor, she sees uh, Jaguar D. Saul, and Brooke, like, breaks the hallucination going like, like, Robin... Like you gotta snap out of it. They're dead. Remember, they're they're dead. They're dead. And that there's... was the moment where I really thought we were about to start seeing some ghosts. I in this arc. really thought so too. I really did. But unfortunately, we or or a tease for it. You know, we're, we're like, this is the fake part. We're gonna get the real part later. It's it's a theory that me and Justin had for a long, for a while now. Um, did we mention that on air or we like have on our... definitely mentioned it several times. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> totally. Because I like the theory, and we're still in Wano. It could still happen. No, it can't. Fire Festival's over. <laughs> um, and it can still happen. I don't know. But it kind of originated from here, where Robin is seeing the past dead ones. But we get this really depressing line after Brooke helps snap her out of it. And he says the line, After 50 years of practice, wishing every day that the death of your friends was only a dream, one does get used to being hurt by illusions. I'm just like, oh, that's a knife twist and a half. Oh, like, you know, like I'm just like, man, that dug like deeper than I thought. Because you know he's usually so jovial, but then you remember that's Brooke. He's always like laughing and having a jolly yeah. good time. Because he's really a depressed, broken old man who has one goal in his life to see his last friend Laboon from his old life one time. Before calling it quits. Before, you know, hanging out with the Straw Hats for the rest of the time. But, oh, that really hurt. Um, What I kind of hope for... I don't know if the anime... Has the anime gotten to this part yet? The ghosts? The illusion? In the I don't fight? believe so. Because I know the anime... Uh, sorry, I guess for anime spoilers, I guess. I don't know why you're listening to this. Um, I know the Robin-Black Maria fight has started. But I don't know how far it is it isn't yet. Um, I was really thinking that maybe the anime can get more detail of this. where have Brooke actually see his ghosts, but go through them much quicker, right? And just go, oh, you're not real. Sorry, going back. Like, he'll mention them, like, name by name, right? Yeah. He goes through all the ghosts. His entire crew just goes, sorry, Joe. Sorry, Steve. Just, go like, walking past them over and over as he's trying to get to Robin. As they're trying to pull him back. Like, I want something, like, more emotionally heavy like that. Because the manga does glimpse over Brooke's part, right? Because he, he gets over it really quick. Yeah, almost immediately. Like, I've been there, done that. Let's, yeah. you know, let's wrap it up. But yeah, the anime could definitely get a lot more emotional having Brooke go through his ghost. But, yeah, but, I, I do appreciate that. That it's like, you know, I'm like, I've done this. This is not real. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying presentation-wise, oh, it yeah, was yeah, a you. little too quick. Where anime, you can still make it like a 30-second, one-minute scene, but just have Brooke surf through his old dead crew, but act like he doesn't care. But it's because he knows. He's been through this before. Um, so hopefully the anime does that. We'll see. Um... We also get a little glimpse as well to uh, Robin's time with the Revolutionary Army. We see that Sabo and uh, Koala actually did train her in, Q in QTE. <laughs> in a close... Oh, no. CQ CQB. I fucked that up. CQB in a close quarters combat. Wait. CQB. Fucking... CQC? <laughs> no, CQB. <laughs> I'm just saying all these fucking acronyms. I don't even know what they stand for. What the fuck? Oh, did I say QTE? I said quick time event. <laughs> <laughs> listen, all these video game analogies, all these fighting game analogies, listen, my, my headspace, I'm just wanting a really good One Piece video game. Odyssey's coming out soon, but that could be very mid for all we know. I'm hoping for the best, but listen. 
adaptations of anime into games usually don't go very well. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters was an exception, so we're hoping for the best. Anyway, um, so she learns some CQB from uh, Sabo and Koala, and then it's like, yeah, it's Fishman Karate. So it's it's very clear that the Revolutionary Army's CQB is like adaptive from the Fishman Karate. And then instead of her using it on Black Maria, she uses it on the roof to bring down all this debris to disorient her, as well as to put out some of the flames that were, you know, keeping Robin down. And then we get this sudden turn that we still don't have an explanation for, only theories, is it looks like Robin got a new power-up between, like, the time skips and only now got the opportunity to use it, which is, she looks like the devil. (laughs) She grows four... Yeah, the demon of Alhara. She literally line for line is like if people are going to call me a demon and i can't change their minds then let me be their worst fears right it just goes straight up like chernabog from the fantasia film and just go she grows wings her skin gets dark she gets fangs she gets horns and then she like breaks yeah, kind of looked like she was legs. using hockey yeah so that's the theory right now right where it's like a fusion of like maybe a part awakening of her power with hockey infusement but it's like full armor to make it look like she's a demon, right? So she like she she owned she honed the hockey so that it's not just like defense on like the arms when you're punching. It's like no, I'm gonna make it full body like uh, greed from Full Metal Alchemist, but I'm gonna do it just the right tint so I look like a demon. <laughs> I'm gonna add some horns here, some fangs, some wings. Like, listen, you got the aesthetic down, girl. <laughs> you got it great. And then yeah, and then like she ends the fight brutally she breaks like the arms and legs of maria i don't even think we see it like we see it like the, right before it happens and then we see like the off camera like yeah like the crack i'm just like god yeah she goes full, full on savage on this bitch uh, listen she said she's gonna go full demon and she fucking meant to do like god damn um but also just like with chopper and luffy it completely knocks her out after she uses it or maybe she was tired before as well because she took some hits uh from the fight was she also poisoned? I actually don't remember if she was poisoned or not. I don't either. Because uh, I, I, I'm just trying to I get that clear. I think so. But I, yeah, I was going to say, I think, I know she was, she got the hallucin, uh, hallucinations, but Brooke did too. And there was never really a moment where Chopper, again, like, again, Chopper could have, again, been the medic to go around healing everyone. You could have had a moment where Robin was actually poisoned and then Chopper, you know, helped her out. But whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda. But it knocks out Robin, and so we have, like, another power-up reveal. But it's intriguing, because I'm just like, there was no, it was almost like Luffy's gear 2, back at Yu's Lobby, it just comes out of nowhere, almost. I'm just like, yeah. okay, we'll see where this goes. It looks interesting. I wonder if she can actually fly with those wings. Like, we know she can fly with her wing, or her hands, right? With the enough hands to <laughs> just flap enough and get enough gusto so she can glide down, I guess. And I guess the I would wings are so. just. I mean, yeah, she can I guess kind the, of fly already, right? Yeah, so I guess the wings are like just reinforcement over the hands. So again, aesthetic. Where it's like the hands are still there, but she wants to really sell the point that she's a deep. So she has to use hockey armament to disguise the hands over her <laughs> to make it like a demon bat wing. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm a demon, see? And then you just poke a hole. It's just paint. <laughs> you just get a towel, you just rush it off. <laughs> it's like, that's just paint, bro. Um, but yeah, overall, I would say uh, this fight was pretty entertaining. I would say this is also like a seven or 
I say seven. I, I just I'm fight. glad she got a fight. Honestly, I can't even be mad at any quality of a Robin fight. I'm just happy that it's there. Yeah, I would exactly. feel the same if we'd gotten a chopper fight. That, I just want it. I just want something. <laughs> yeah, a chopper fight, a proper, uh, an actual good Nami fight as well. Like not like a because whenever Nami gets a fight, it's like the least entertaining fight. Like I'm Basa, totally cool to put her put her on support. I'm a, I think that's fine. I, I need at least one. I need one. Give me one, and then support for the rest of the series. Just she'll one. probably get Katarina Devon, but we'll see. Maybe because the there the was series. a. Because listen, there was a moment where Tama gets absolutely get her shit kicked by Ulti, and then Nami pulls a Donatello and just smacks Ulti straight in the face with an electrified climb attack. And I'm just like, give me more of that, please. Yeah. Oda. Give me the more of that. And then immediately the next chapter, she tries to twist her attack and it doesn't work. Because <laughs> I'm just like, God damn it, Oda. Why do you tease me like this? But yeah, I'm just, yeah, like you said, I'm just glad Robin got this. So just kind of confused about the demon thing but hopefully we'll get answers it's more of like it's more positive I'm than negative. almost certain we won't but <laughs> yeah again it's 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 a power-up sequence it's a power it's a power creep uh let's since we mentioned him let's jump into sanji sanji yeah. versus queen um definitely one of the better fights i'd say are like top three more top arguably top three yeah uh, the I best so. fight it starts off with him being captured by black maria right and she gets this moment where she knows this character, right? Oh, you're the you're the womanizer, right? You're the cook of the straw hats who's your you can't you think with your other head before your top head, right? So we got you right on our clutches, right? You got all these sexy ladies surrounding you, but we're the bad guys. So we're just gonna beat the living shit out of you and use you as bait to get Robin here, no matter what, even if you call her out, which you won't because you're such a you know, a woman pleaser that and before she can even finish her thought. Sanji just screams yeah, out, like, "Help me, Robin! I need your help. Get here now!" And I'm, everyone is like, even Black Maria and her crew were just like, "Wait, what? He actually called like, oh, for a woman's help? What? Old-fashioned Sanji?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Thank you. This is what I fucking wanted for Sanji. You can keep him being like this old-fashioned, um, you know, uh, chivalrous. You can still do that." Just slow pieces of development here and there. That's all I ask for. He's slow character yeah. moment. Let's live Some people were so like mad about that. And I say fuck you. <laughs> I, just, like, I also what I say wanted. fuck you. Yeah, because this is this is a great character moment. It's so small. I understand that. But from a writer's perspective, writing perspective, after a thousand fucking chapters, this is like cocaine. Okay. <laughs> like, and I just I, can't support anyone that would wipe that smile off of Robin's face. Oh my god, yeah. It's when she comes in, saves the day, and then she gives like a fully deserved wink and a smile and just goes, thank you for relying on me. Thank you for trusting me, right? As an equal member of the crew. And then Sanji, he still flutters away. He even trips on Brooks's eyes, completely watching <laughs> the exit because he has hearts in his eyes the whole time. I'm just like, no, that is a proper great Sanji moment. He earned that comedy moment. He got a laugh out of me. And that was great. And then, um, but yeah, that was a great fucking character moment for Sanji, right? The growth moment. Now we're going to get into the juicy bits in his fight with Queen. It starts off with him and Zoro back-to-back fighting King and Queen, right? Literally the top two versus the top two, right? I, I wanted the 2v2. I kind of did, I too. I did. But what we got was also really good, because both yeah, Sanji both and Zoro... Yeah, they both pretty good fights. Yeah, they both get their awesome moments. Um, Sanji on a more character moment, because he's fighting Queen, that turns out, he is a fully obsessed, self-made cyborg like Frankie, 
but he's more on the crazy scientist but side. like evil Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could say like Vegapunk, like maybe Vinsmoke, the father. Because he straight up admits and just goes, yeah, I worked with your father back when we were like scientists developing like these programs to, uh, what was the exact, uh, oh God, what was the exact reason? It was like passing on like your genes and powers to your children. I think it was like inheritance power. I think they were like yeah, researching like the, that and it got lineage factor. They called it. Yeah. Which is exactly what Vince smoke stuck around with. Right. Cause it's always about, you know, fascism and linearity. It's all about the purest blood. Right. That's definitely Vince smoke Sally and queen was a part of that too. Uh, the, the research gets uh, cut, but obviously queen was like, no, you're, I worked with your dad and I understand how you work. So, He's constantly baiting Sanji to like, let me see those powers. Let me see those injections. I know you got them. You're one of his kids. But Sanji's like, no, I didn't. I'm not. I, I was considered a failure. Like, I was considered like one of the normal kids, right? Or a, a failure. But what happens, unfortunately, is he kind of does awaken his power. I, I kind of love that Judge is calling him, or Queen, sorry, he's calling him out on his bullshit. Like, bro, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, come on. Like, you think you're just as strong because you have such a good willpower. Come on, I saw you light your legs on fire. Like, normal yeah, people don't do that don't, shit. They don't do that. And, and, we're, and we're, me and you are just like, yeah, I, we yeah. thought it was Shonen, but yeah. he's also true. <laughs> but what I love about this is that instead of Sanji just going, yeah, so what? It's actually scaring the fuck out of him. Because earlier... Zoro picks up on this night before they split off, and Zoro just goes, what's up with you? And then Zoro, Sanji's like, I don't know, something feels funny. And then he gives a request to Zoro, right? Where, if I am not myself next time we meet, I want you to cut me down. And we're like, what the fuck? Like, Sanji's straight up just going, I want you to kill me if I'm not myself. A huge part, I mentioned this last episode, the self-identity crisis that Sanji's going through. I hope this isn't like a one-off thing. God, if it's a one-off thing, Oda is missing the biggest opportunity. I went on I, a 10-minute rant last episode. <laughs> I hope he's going to take it. It feels like he's, you know, gearing up to take this route. So I, I'd like to see this followed through. It's been a long time since I've played Final Fantasy VII, but I see those influences in there, man. It could definitely happen. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more than that because it's been long enough where people don't know the plot to that game. And there's a remake going on right now, so yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. keep it fresh. I'll keep, I'll keep it, I'll keep it uh, spoiler free. But I see the influences, is all I'm saying. And again, it can coincide with Yamato, someone else who's dealing with identity. So Sanji is going on the fear side, right, where he's just like, I want to do nothing with Judge. I want to do nothing with my family, but I have no choice. Yamato coming across as someone who's like, I am Kaido's son. I'm also Kazuki Odin. There's some confliction here too. Again, they can they can they can pair up in the terms of like yeah. their themes clashing. I mentioned that last episode, so I'm not going to repeat that here. But we get the other half of why I went on that uh, that fan fiction theory, where I'm hoping it does happen because the character potential, the development for two characters in one is so powerful here, and the fact that it scares Sanji to death because. Sorry, yeah. The reason why it scares Sanji so much, though, is he cherishes his emotions. He em he embraces his flaws, right? He embraces the fact that he gets horny on sight to any chest or any booba, right? He he loves the fact that he feels pleasure from from food, right? From you know, from just looking at women. 
But the fact when he's in this combat with Queen, more and more he's feeling like those that senses of pain, that's that the rush, the feelings and emotions, they're kind of going away. Just like his brothers when they're fighting all the time, those machines, right? Those robots. And that's like Sanji's greatest fear is to lose what it means to be human, what it means to be himself. So during his fight with Queen, the cyborg who's intentionally choosing to rip out his humanity by being, you know, this full-on hybrid dinosaur slash cyborg, also really cool design, by the way. Queen is cooler than King. I said it. Um, and this whole thing he's fighting against, you know, what he hopes to go against. And it's such a great ending, too, where he does do, like, a power-up version of his signature Jambe attack. I think it's, like, Ifrit Jambe, named after the, yeah. the demon. And also a Final Fantasy a connection there. Not a reference, but a connection. And, yeah, it finishes him off with that. It's also just a great fight in general. You see a lot of uh, antics where it's, like, Sanji's not using the, the raid suit. I think he destroys it earlier, or in this fight, I forget which. I think he destroyed it much earlier, didn't he? Last act? Or... You know, because he used it last act, didn't he? He... At some point, he crushes it because he did sense that it was draining his emotions or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's here. I'm fairly sure. Yeah. But either way, he is stronger, right? Because those injections, those genetics, right? They're awakening in this fight. And he's getting so fast where he looks like he's invisible. But in reality, he's just moving so fucking fast. And it knocks him out by the time he completes the fight. But it looks like there's still hope that he's not a complete robot because he still cares for like the people he tried to rescue, like the strangers but it collapses from exhaustion. But again, so much fucking potential for yeah, a self-identity like crisis. That's the most exciting part. Of, more than the fight itself is the setup. Yeah, Sanji's been going through quite some development these last two arcs, and he's been on the bottom of my tier list for so long, and this is just ripe to get him to skyrocket up so high up on that list. Uh, maybe he'll be in seventh instead of tenth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, Sanji but we have does one have... more fight to discuss today. Yeah. Uh, a few more, actually. I think we got three more. Um, three? What, what, three? We got Zoro, Yamato, and then Luffy. Okay. <laughs> I, gonna, I, I wouldn't consider the Yamato like a. But, hey, uh, there's 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 some, okay. there's some there's okay. Yamato is like the it's the second half of Yamato's backstory. That's like the but main where part. we're at. I think we'll say we should save Luffy since we're gonna save the big reveal anyways. You might as well you know save that. Okay, that, yeah, okay, that's fine. So I guess ten forty three and asterisk. I guess we'll put yeah. I said, as well, I think maybe Zoro's fight will be the good place to call it. Yeah. So Yamato then Zoro. Yeah, Yamato should be pretty pretty quick. Yeah, um, Yamato's is fun. It's quick. It's it's actually really cool. I like that. Yeah, because it's a family struggle. Talking about, you know, speaking of self-identity, uh, family issues, uh, we have Yamato versus Kaido. And the main thing with this one, first off, it displays Yamato's power. Like, Yeah, it's it, hard to not see this for what it is, which is kind of trying to hype up Yamato a little more. Yamato <laughs> is Yamato fucking really has. strong. <laughs> Here is an Emperor of the Sea one-on-one -on -one fight. He's holding his own against his dad for quite a while. Because I guess the first round off screen, right? Luffy actually gets Kato. He gets ringed out. It's off screen, too. We're like, what the fuck? And he's falling off. And then Yamato's like, I'm going to buy time until Momonosuke can figure out a way to get his ass back up here. And plus, I got some, like, he's like cracking his knuckles. I got some beef to work out with this guy anyway, right? <laughs> and we get the other half to Yamato's back. And Yamato came to play, bruh. Oh, absolutely. Because at this point, we didn't know if he had a double fruit. Like, I, we knew that he was chained, 
but we didn't know he was chained both by literal chains that <laughs> it could explode, but also the fact that he couldn't swim. And we're like, oh, okay, so what happened? Oh, he ate a devil fruit that ends up being <laughs> considered the guardian spirit of Wano, because it's like the one devil fruit on the entire island, I think. And it's straight up, like, I think the episode in Act 1 or Act 2, I was asking for that, that spirit to be an Okami reference. Yeah, it's a, and then a we did Okami also, <laughs> right? To, to Alabasta, I'm fairly certain. I, I interpreted it as such, as, uh, was it the jackal and whatever the hell the hell is, eagle or whatever? They those were the guardian spirits of Alabasta, right? Those two devil I fruits. I think so, yeah. And then this is the guardian spirit And this spirit is a, of another affiliated country, presumably. Mm-hmm. That does the same thing. So I think there's a there's something there. There's a, tr- a tradition, traditional like passing of devil fruits within these these countries that seem to be that were allied, right? That were allied with uh, like the or, ancient kingdom, or at least connected to, or at least connected to the ancient void in history, right? Because yeah. Arabasta, because Arabasta was siding with the world government back in the day, if I recall. They, well, they were one of the renounced. original founders, yeah. Yeah, and then they renounced their uh, celestial dragon ship because they were just like, eh, we kind of fucked up. <laughs> we didn't like what we did. But yeah, it fits into that void, right? That connection. That's what you're referring to. And yeah, and this is another one where it's the Guardian Spirit of Wano, and it seems to be like these Zoan mythical figures. But it yeah, makes me wonder then. So far. But then it makes me wonder then, what about the dragon? What about Kaido? That can't just. Or maybe that's the other Guardian Spirit. I don't know. But, um. Watch the watch the dragon be like the guardian spirit of Elbath. Well, in the end, we know that <laughs> Kaido's devil fruit didn't come from Wano, though. So that's, that's what I was asking. That's why I'm just like, we don't know where that came from. But you can't have a dragon, a literal dragon, and be like, yeah, this is just a dragon, dragon fruit. It's not a guardian spirit because when you have the context guardian spirit, you're hyping up that devil fruit to be the real deal, right? Right? Like has or at least a cultural significance in some way. And Yamato is showing off with this power, right? The disappointing part, I will say right away, it has ice powers. We have Brooke. Why do we need a second ice? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know some of you out there, including Justin, still say, Yamato could potentially not join the Straw Hats. I'm just going, no, he's joining the Straw Hats. And I'm saying we don't need a second ice power at the same time. <laughs> like, God damn it. Like, if anything, like, is Wano was hyped up to be like this all yeah, like, man, y'all, y'all really can't let Brooke have shit. Now he's a secondary yeah, like, swordsman and the second ice user. Listen, bad bitch Brooke is not going to be your second bitch in support role forever, okay? Exactly. That, he needs to fly. <laughs> he, or, you know, he needs to he needs to ski with his ice. Um, and in this case, Yamato is another ice power. And I'm just like, but wait, I thought Wano was all environmental and nature friendly. That's why the whole themes early on, right? We're like, this rapid industrialization corrupting Wano is incredibly horrible. And I'm thinking like, so wouldn't it make more sense if the guardian spirit of Wano was like nature, like nature power or some way, like maybe can grow plants and life in some way. Would that make a bit more sense? Or maybe water, maybe like rapid waves, right? Cause you want know, Oda loves showing off his, uh, tidal wave art pieces whenever there's oceans of Wano crashing. But no, we get ice. I'm just like, okay. Maybe there's, maybe there's a more cultural significance to the actual uh, spirit it's named after, because I forget the actual uh, There is, I don't know it either. Yeah, so I, I do apologize, because usually I'm the person that's like, it's actually connected to this part in history. I'm usually that person. I didn't get that. I'm sorry. But, either way, on a battle sense, two ice powers, that's eh, disappointing. But, he does look pretty damn cool. Because like I said, I wanted some Okan- an Okami reference, the PS2 game. I, I get a slight one here, right? It's, it's Spiritual Fox. Close enough. Um, landing some awesome blows. 
Oh, you know why? I just remembered. Because she's fighting a dragon with fire, so we have a, a tale of ice and fire. There you go. That's why. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I guess. <laughs> I get it, but come on. <laughs> also, I guess if he was all nature, like my first suggestion, that's a complete uh, weakness to Kaido. But that would make more sense why he couldn't escape and couldn't beat Daddy. <laughs> his daddy had a hard counter against him. Um, okay, sorry. So the, the juicy part about this is we get the second half or another portion to uh, Yamato's backstory. Where Yamato at a very young age was... Conqueror. I am, I am Kazuki Odin. By the way, I have Conqueror's Hockey. Kaido's like... Yo, that shit is lit, fam. <laughs> but at the same time, you're Odin. I gotta throw you in a cave, man. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I'm gonna lock you in a cave with these other prisoner samurai loyal to Odin. And I'm gonna lock you in here for a month. I'm gonna give you one portion of food for one meal within one day. You got- and I'm gonna give you all guys a bunch of weapons, too. Have fun. Close the door. <laughs> Closes the rock. <laughs> and immediately you're just going like, oh, so Kaido straight up was sending his son to die. But the samurai have a code of honor, and they go, oh, you respect Odin? Here. Here you go. Right? They give him the food. Because samurai, we don't feel hunger. Right? They have that, that, sense of, uh, that sense of code that they have. And then we also learned, that's also how uh, Yamato learned how to read, was from the samurai that he was locked up with. Right. And because it's just like, by the way, I have this sick-ass journal. Can you help me read? <laughs> and the followers were just like, you have his journal? What the fuck? And immediately they were going, holy shit, they're reinvigorated. We have a new goal. Let's open the borders, right? They use the swords. They cut right through. We don't care if we get killed by Kaido. We have to do something, right? Because holy shit, these are Odin's final words and will. We still don't know the details. They keep teasing us still with so fucking much. But god damn it, it's got to be big. Especially where the recent chapters are going on. We can't talk about it too much, I know, but especially the recent... By the way, the recent chapter was, what, 1055 that came out? Or 1056? Yeah. Five. After after the month hiatus. It's getting spicy! Anyway. um, Yeah, so, and then we get that portion where the plan backfires. And we also get the nickname, uh, I guess to be even more offensive, the Ogre Princess. Right? Because they're just like, yeah, you can declare yourself a son and a guy all you want. We're just going to call you a princess. You're, you're a spoiled little yeah. brat kind of thing. So, again, it's part of this conflict of, of identity where, yeah, Yamato is just figuring out what he wants to be, who he wants to be. But at this point, it definitely does, just, it does seem clear that, yeah, for any, everyone that does know him, he is, he is he, him, they, son, right? Everyone who knows him. So, but those who don't, right, immediately call him princess, girl. So it's, you know, it's that's the, we're, that's where we're at right now. But it started off so early. That was a surprising part for me. I thought this was like a recent development where he's like, yo, I found this journal and now I'm doing this. But it's like, it started off so early. He wanted to be like Odin before he even read the journal. And I think it's, I think. Yeah, because he saw. Because yeah, that was revealed, right? Odin do at the, the execution. Yeah, that was revealed. Like the Hour of Legend, yeah. Was that revealed in this fight, or was that revealed it, when he was speaking to Momonosuke? Okay, it was here, okay. He saw the execution, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He revealed, he saw the execution happen live, and, yeah, was inspired by it. And then he also got a hand on the journal somehow, but hey, listen, to pull a Star Wars, another tale for another time. 
which we might not get. But, which means you'll never know. Which means you'll never know. But to be fair, he doesn't actually say that. I'm just making a Star Wars reference because, hey, it's fun to shit on Star Wars every now and then. I love Star Wars, though. Um, it's, one of those, it's one of those weird love-hate things, right, where you love it, Nate, at the same time. Uh, anything else about the Yamato fight? Or no, it is on. brief. We learned a little bit about Yamato. Really, like I said, it's the hype. It's he's what, like the fourteenth conqueror. Kind of came out of nowhere. He's really fucking strong. Has a dope devil fruit. There you go. Now it's yeah. back to you know yeah stuff. yeah. And that was the hype thing was yeah he got the conqueror's hockey like really young and that was on accident because that was as soon as i'm odin right and that's when kaido saw oh yeah, shit I all my dudes eight. are knocked out so i wonder if that will actually be a part of it like what if there's like a okay sorry i need to ask this again hypothetically let's say oda does do the full-on identity theme storyline that we want right and let's say yamato's identity as odin actually gives him that conqueror's hockey because he's so sure of that power but when he gets that struggle and goes, am I actually the daughter of Yamato? And then he loses that Conqueror's Hockey. What would, would that be interesting or no? Would that be a part uh, of that identity theme? I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see how it plays out, I guess. I guess, it, I, I, you know what? That could actually be seen as very offensive if done very poorly, right? Like, you're not, if you think you're this identity, therefore you're so much weaker. Like, ooh, you gotta be careful with that. I just think of it as like, he seemed to have gotten that Conqueror's Hockey as soon as he said, I am your son, Kazuki Odin. And then he got the hockey, right? I just well, That could like... also just be representative of, like, the strength of, you know, resolve. That is true, too. I could be too much reading it. But, again, whenever I see, like, a flashback and I see, like, the storytelling beats, like, right next to each other, I feel like that can't be an accident. But, like you said, it could also just be resolve and I'm looking too far into it. But, again, we'll see as time goes on because Yamato is a new character that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and holds off Kaido just long enough for Luffy to rejoin the the arena. But unfortunately, when they both delivered like a a two on one hit on Kaido at the same time, they didn't bro fist or anything. I'm just like, come on, man! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see a team attack. I need some kind of fist bump. I need some acknowledgement. They just go, oh, Luffy, you're back, and he goes, yeah, thanks. And then he just goes back to Momonosuke. I'm just like, god damn it, give me bro fist, give me something. <laughs> Granted, he doesn't know him very well, but you know, whatever. All right. Let's get to possibly the most interesting side fight of the entire Wano series, because it probably left us with a lot of questions. A lot of questions. It did. And also, it was very entertaining, and not just like, because it did, right, okay, so, for those of you who for some reason didn't read or watch, sorry, who didn't read the manga, but are listening to us, so this fight is, like, it has all the plot, like, relevancy and interest of the Jinbei fight. It also has the foreshadowing of what's to come with, like, the Sanji fight, but it also has the kick-ass, holy shit, this is some cool-ass fucking awesome choreography with, like, the, I guess, like, the Luffy or Frankie fight. Frankie yeah, on dude, the first one. There's a point in this fight where, where Zoro does, like, an aerial recovery, like, straight out of Smash, <laughs> to, yeah. to come back onto the stage, if you will. And then, uh, sorry for jumping the gun here, you also find out that Zoro is fighting an alien. <laughs> he's fighting a, a, what we learn as a Lunarian. He's from the fucking moon. It turns Probably. out there's... Did, wait, didn't they say he's a Lunarian? They did say he's a Lunarian. Did not say oh, he's from the moon. right. It's not it's from the red line. if he's from the moon. It could be, a, yeah, it could be a group of people who worship the moon. Yeah, 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 that's true. Um, 
still, I like to think that he fights an alien because that's really cool. Um, I'm going to have a, also an uncontroversial opinion. I think King looked a lot cooler with the mask on. I think it's controversial because he's very sexy without the mask. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it is. But I like the whole punk look that he had beforehand. And I think losing the mask, you look, he, listen, he's too gorgeous. Okay. It clashes with his aesthetic. <laughs> right. I'm saying he's too sexy to fit with that edgy look that he had. I'm just like, listen, you can't be sexy and edgy without having like some like goth eye, eye shadow to go with the, the aesthetic, man. Okay. <laughs> um, that's my hot take for this fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Zoro is fighting King, the, the two arguably number ones of their crew. And we also get like this huge oh sorry, I need to fucking reveal this real quick. Um Zoro has like probably the most metal fucking line. And Zoro has his taste of edge every fight, right? But this fight we really got this because King almost like unarmed Zoro, like which is a big moment, right? Oh shit, Zoro actually lost grip on his swords for a brief second. But Zoro says the line of like of like how long the fight will go on, and Zoro goes who knows? By the end of this, I might be tearing your throat out with my teeth. And I'm just like, God damn, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and King is just looking at him going like, okay, this guy's serious. I can't hold back on this motherfucker. <laughs> He's serious. He's got the bandana on. He's kind of scary. I'm not holding back. This is also our first huge fight where we see Enma, right? The new sword in full power. And Zoro is fighting two enemies, essentially. He's fighting King and he's fighting the, the essence within Enma that's trying to eat his like spirit from within. Because Enma is hungry just we kind of get this vibe completely right because the last time he gets a new sword right it was the uh the samurai sword right where it's like i can't control this cutting power right it just wants to cut the sword before that wait wasn't that the same one shit no the, that was the cursed one that was the cursed one okay and then the samurai sword what was the problem with that one? There was a vibe with each of these swords he gets. That's not his original. Uh, right. What, I don't. One of them's like a problem child, right? One of them, like. Is that yeah, the, that, the second one? Is that the one he got from Ryuma? Susui? That's what, I was, that's what I'm trying to figure out because I think the curse or what you said is like the one that can't keep cutting, right? It has to keep cutting. He's trying to control it, right? Or like you said, it's kind of like a, like, a, like a young dog, right? Like a puppy. He just wants to keep doing, keep doing, and he's trying to control it. The second one, um, I think it was, I guess, a stronger version of the first one. There was a, a cutting problem with that one, too. But this one is like, this is like a starving, like, beast. It cannot stop to the point where the wielder is going to be losing health. It's like, um, like the classic weapons in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, where you activate their final form and you're losing your health rapidly, but you have like an insane power boost in the meantime. That's essentially Enma in a nutshell, right? So every time Zoro is fighting, he's on a time limit. Not to mention, this is also after he's taking, like, this experimental medicine that Chopper gave him. Because he took, like, a major blow from Kaido earlier in, on the roof piece. And the medicine is said to jolt him back up. But once it runs out, he's going to take the, what were the, the terms? The pain twice as heavy. It made no sense yeah. medical medically, but oh, in a video game why medical video game logic, it makes sense, HP bar. But medical wise, I'm like, what do you mean twice the damage? <laughs> um it's Zoro, he can handle it. After all, do you remember uh, Thriller Bark? He can handle it. That's our assumption anyway. 
until we get that scene later on where we're like, okay, maybe he can't handle it. Okay, this is actually getting a little little close to home. But before that, uh, we get this also huge lore drop that the Scabbards just nonchalantly mention because we have this theory going on for a while that Zoro might have connections to Wano, and this kind of almost confirms it, where the Scabbards go, Zoro is a spitting image of this character named uh, Shimatsuki Ushimaru, the daimyo of Ringo, a portion of Wano. And I'm just going, oh, really? Spitting image, huh? <laughs> yeah. Are you telling me that this legendary swordsman it might be connected to, like, this god of the blade of Wano, and he also had one eye? Shut the fuck up. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not a surprise whatsoever, but at the same time, that's all we get. And I'm just like, there has to be more than that, right? That, that just seems too simple. That seems too on the nose, where I'm just like, yeah, god of the blade descendant. And yeah, we get sure. the second Zoro flashback we've ever gotten in One Piece. Ever. Uh, do you want to go to cover that uh, real quick? It's. Re- I mean, it's so short. It's basically <laughs> just for revealing that he is, in fact, like most likely in, uh, what was it, a Shimotsuki, and he's from Shimotsuki Village. This old man right. is from Wano. There you mm-hmm. have it. Theory yeah. confirmed. Little bits and pieces, right? Because the main focus, obviously, is on uh, King and his background, actually. Where Queen just mentions it, like, in his fight with Sanji, right? Where he's like, yeah, I worked with your dad. King, we actually get a full-on flashback with how he met Kaido. And Kaido is, at this point in the flashback, we just see him like, hey, you're being experimented on just like me. Fuck this government. Hey, join me, right? I'm stronger than you. You serve me. It's very simple. Like, it's it's a very simple mindset of the loyal dog. Of King just sees Kaido as like this unstoppable force, so he has to be this legend that I heard of, right? This legend of Joy Boy, the one that will break the status quo of the world, change it how it is, because he's just so unstoppable. He just keeps on going. This momentum can't stop. So I'm gonna be here for the whole thing. And then Kaido even laughs, going like, "Oh, you think I'm Joy Boy? That sounds kind of stupid." There was even a theory going on that uh, me and you shared, where it's like maybe Kaido did wish he was Joy Boy, and you know, if he wasn't, then that would actually kind of affect him mentally. It didn't come to fruition. Spoilers. But it was a fun theory to have at the same time. Because it was just, again, thrown out there that King and the Lunarians are very aware of the Legend of Joy Boy. And if you connect it back to what Who's Who said, it's always the people who were, like, slaves, former slaves, the oppressed. They know that story better than anyone else because it's the, it's the story of hope, right? The drums of liberation. That it will be freed by yeah. the sun god. So that's your huge lore tidbit there where the Lunarians were also probably oppressed at some point. I think it's kind of confirmed because King was straight up just being experimented on and captured. And they revealed that you get a a bounty of like, what, 10 million berries if you just say where a a Lunarian is. So it's like almost like an extinct culture that has major significance as well. So hopefully we'll see. We'll hear more about that because that sounds quite important to throw that tidbit out there yeah it um, seems like there's relevance to the overarching story perhaps yeah i just kind of wish that king wasn't a pterodactyl because i feel like pterodactyl is it's it's an iconic dinosaur but i feel like t-rex would be the more appropriate like final like top dog officer of the dinosaurs kind of thing but i guess that would have been too easy to guess it like, would have been a little underwhelming as well seeing all the other cool dinos but T-Rexes are cool? What are you talking about? 
I don't know. I see pterodactyl. When Drake is an Allosaurus, you've kind of that ship has kind of sailed. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, I guess. I'm just thinking like 2020. I know hindsight 2020. I'm just thinking like if you're having a crew of dinosaurs, I'm thinking like obviously top dog has to be T Rex. It's the classic number two. In this case, Oda went the the, the Brachiosaurus because the long neck, right? It's also very iconic. You know what the long neck is, but. I'm thinking like, okay, well then what about the raptor, right? What about these other dinosaurs that are like ferocious and popular? Thanks to Jurassic Park, the movie, right? Or Jurassic World for the, all the zoomers out there. And um I don't know, pterodactyl is number one. That's that didn't that didn't hit me. I don't know. Maybe Oda watched Jurassic Park three and was like, Yeah, that birdcage was really sick. I'm gonna give birdcage to Doflamingo. And the I mean, the fight was the awesome, though. You know, having a flying opponent. Was <laughs> oh, absolutely, cool. absolutely. I'm nitpicking aesthetics here. I'm nitpicking again. <laughs> um, but it does make for one of the better shots, like you mentioned, right? The aerial recovery because some of the fight goes into the air, and we get this major commitment of Zoro, who that just embraces the fact that Enma is like this soul sucking reaper, right? That's this constantly taking the life of anything it touches, including himself. But Zoro just goes, fine, I might as well become the king of hell. And you have that awesome panel. It's actually not that much if you think about it, but it's so simple. But it's so iconic, I think, now, where he's just in the air, all the swords are out, and all the aura is just pouring out of each sword, right? Coming from Enma, and just going, like, I'm just going to embrace my new role as a motherfucking Ashura, bro. (laughs) Return to this fight. (laughs) Taking him out. It wasn't but, just a fever dream. It's yeah, real. And gets, and gets his, like you said, Smash Bros. second jump to recover and grapple the edge. He, as you grapple up back to the stage. Uh, and it was a great way to end that fight. So we'll see how that uh, eventually goes. But obviously before that, the reason why this is so significant is because quite literally, as, you know, Luffy becomes the king of pirates, I'll be the king of hell. He gets a visit from hell. That really, really weirded out a lot of us. It still does to me personally. It's a weird scene. He literally is visited by the Grim Reaper. That's what like, he says. In, in two panels. It's a skeleton in a cloak, and he has a scythe, and he's about to cut down Zoro. Telling us that Zoro is just that close to dying. But there are so many questions we had, or, or theories that mixed and matched, because it was like, Okay, fire festivals going on. Maybe he's about to show him like a, a lost dead one. We don't know. We, we don't know if he was actually being welcomed by the Green Reaper. Going, yeah, you, yeah, you're Pog. Uh, we're gonna give you the King of Hell uh, but, title. Uh, sure. It just kind of disappears. The whole thing. <laughs> kinda yeah, we. As of right now, again, slight spoilers. As of right now, we still right. don't have an explanation to what exactly that was. And I'm thinking you're not just gonna drop that and abandon that right like that's kind of a serious deal i think i think we'll hear more about that for sure yeah because in a sense it's also very un one piece because if we have like a reference like some like mythological icon it's usually by some other funny character or like a villain that has a personality this was like literally the grim reaper that had no lines and it was like literally out of like the old books of like here's the skeleton the cloak and the scythe no dialogue it's literally like just the Grim Reaper. Yeah, pretty it's not, cut and dry. Yeah, it's not Oda's version. It's not some funny skeleton guy from, uh, you know, <laughs> Grim Adventures of Villain Mandy where he has a Jamaican accent. No, it's just the Grim Reaper. There's no character at all, at least not yet. So 
whatever that means, I guess we'll find out in the future. Um, and originally we were going to discuss the first portion of Luffy versus Kaido, but you made the point. Yeah. It makes more sense to talk about the entirety of this fight in the next episode, which we will definitely do. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. The next episode in which we will talk about this fight and finally officially catch up with the One Piece manga chapter to chapter and discuss the newest chapters as well. So Crazy. stay tuned when we finally talk about chapters. I, I, I was going to say 1043 on, but we kind of had an asterisk there. The beginning of Luffy's fight with Kaido to whatever chapter is out by the time we get our next episode out. So that'll be either 1056, 1057, could be 1058, I don't know. It could be depending on our plans. We're busy people. We yeah, have shit going on. If you want to talk to us about anything up to that, catch us on our Discord. There's a link down below. Absolutely. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am uh, at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-D. I fucking misspelled it again. It's the second fucking time. J-A-C-O-B. M E R E N D A, all lowercase, all one word. Nailed it first try. Justin, what about you? Where can I find you? I am at Twitter on Jitsu, J I T S Z U. If you want to support the show, you can also do so on the Patreon at patreon.com slash OP is OP, or the links below. You can get a special role on our Discord, access to some hangouts that we do, and yeah. And if, you, uh, if you're if you listening in on Spotify, iTunes, leave us a review, five-star rating, or, you know, four-star, three-star, whatever. If you leave us feedback, anything is appreciated to improve our series or just to give us some good feedback. We love that feedback. Uh, it it really invigorates me more than uh, that chopper medicine, you know, that makes you feel so well. Or like or like Big Mom's soul-sucking power-up sequence. It, it, invigor- it invigorates us more than those two combined. Just hearing those nice words of kindness from you guys. Thank you. So we will see you on our next episode when we're finally wrapping up what is the well, on currently out. I guess, <laughs> yeah, the on- we're catching yeah. up. Catching up next week. See you then. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.